Michael Hernandez here of MLH Media, and we are here today with the 10 Second Mark, and man, I'm very excited today to talk to somebody that is not only just really well-hearsed in MMA, but also has some kick-ass skills once it comes to getting inside that cage, one of the baddest MFs in all of amateur MMA, soon to be pro, Andrew Tosi Tosti. How you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, man. Thank you for having me. It's uh, thank you for all the kind words. It's very nice to hear every time uh, you know, someone says something nice about you. It's, you know, uh, it's getting more and more that like I hear, you know, just people talking about me. So it's it's always good to hear. You've been someone that's been in this MMA game for I feel quite a long time, and even in the sense of it being quite a long time, your like your fights have just kind of from twenty twenty two on. I feel like that was just the the toasty time, man. Like everybody was just talking about you and really building up that level of hype. Would you agree with me there? Would you kind of say like right after the pandemic twenty twenty two? That's kind of when things started heating up for the MMA career. Yeah, I mean, I there was I think a six month span where I had like eight fights in a row in that six month span where like every three weeks I was getting a fight out there. Um, it was, it was super fun. Like you always had something to go right after, but like at the same time, I was super lucky. I was able to get through all of that without having any sort of like major injury. Yeah. Was there a, any time kind of in between from you training just regular MMA? I know you've been on the mats for quite a while, but how long was it exactly before you decided to hop into that cage? Because I feel that takes quite a long time for somebody that's genuinely like has a love for martial arts to want to hop in that cage and be like, hey, let's get it going. Well, I had started uh, training back in like high school. Uh, I was doing uh, Taekwondo and a bunch of MMA stuff. I had a fight scheduled when I was 18, but then my mom got cancer. I had like a bunch of sort of personal stuff happen. I went off to college and I kind of like wanted to take a big break from all the sports stuff I was doing. I didn't get back into like fighting until like five years after that. So in like 2018, um, like right when the pandemic was like sort of kicking everyone's butt, but we were like getting out of it. And um, from then on, it was like, I kind of always knew I wanted to fight. So I immediately got a fight booked as soon as I could. Um, I was still like at like almost 200 pounds when I had my first fight booked. Um, and then after that, I like, I trimmed down a lot of weight, got down to like 55 and I just started fighting fight after fight after fight. Did you, uh, did you ever entail your career to kind of go the way it is, you know, going down this pro trajectory, having so many fights in one year? Because previously, you, I think you had kind of started, maybe you thought like, hey, you know, we're going to see how it goes and do everything. Because it feels like from 2021 and then just bam, you jumped into that 2022 year and you were just bam, 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 match after match after match. Was it just something for you like you didn't entail and it just took you along the ride and you're like hell I, i'm loving this fight game or was this something that you already already had in the back of your mind you already were cooking this up i, I always knew that like i was going to be like the don cerrone where like if they had a fight on the cards that they need to fill they need a short modus replacement guy they like you can always probably call call toasty and they'll take he'll take whatever fight you have on on deck for him regardless of it's like you know two weight classes above two weight classes below you know whatever you need me to do i usually i'm pretty game for it so like i've always been that kind of guy ever since like i was wrestling in high school you know doing backyard fights stuff like that it's it's always been like that for me i've always knew that known that like if you call me i'm gonna say yes most of the time 
Yeah, you uh, your record definitely speaks to a Joey Bartholomew. That's somebody that not a lot of guys are wanting to fight. You know, he's got that rough and tough style over there at Castro MMA. You also got the Ramon Cornejos of the world and the Nicholas Kalungas, man. You definitely have faced a lot of the guys in the amateur ranks that a lot of other guys would probably not be lining up to go and sign the contract with. But every single time you get in there, you go out there and show it your all. You also have probably one of the nicest chins I've ever seen in MMA, man. Your ability to be able to fight in the pocket and just be able to kind of stay out of out of the fire. Despite your red hair, you're always out of the fire, man. So kind of just take us through that as a fighter, being able to navigate through those wins and just what goes through your mind when you're going through those flurries of exchanges? Because your fights often get wild for a lot of people that haven't had the chance to get to catch up on any of the toasty uh, toasty fights as a light. I mean, I, I love getting in there and getting in the middle of a, a firefight. Like, there's nothing I enjoy more than, like, exchanging a couple times, eating a couple punches to, to throw a couple punches. You know, sometimes I got to rein it in. Uh, my coaches have definitely been, like, not <laughs> – they don't want to see me just kind of stand there, take take whatever comes my way. But at the same time, it's like I, I love to give people what they pay for, and they pay to go in there and see, see you know, craziness. Like, they you're going in for a fight. Like, everyone wants to see a fight. Yeah, and you you definitely provide that. Every single time you go in there, it is a goddamn fight. The first fight I remember ever watching of you live was your performance against Ramon Cornejo, and things didn't go your way for the fight's actual decision, you know? And I just remember seeing this guy. I'm like, dude, this guy can... This guy can go, bro, because Ramon Cornejo, this, I, I've watched that dude before, and that dude can go, and you were giving him challenges, and obviously, I believe you guys have kind of gone at it before, right? Did that kind of feel weird to fight somebody that you've kind of seen seen uh, do some stuff before, or was it just the fact that you had fought Joey, and uh, he had been over at Castro MMA as well? Because there was a little bit of a story behind that fight, right? Well, I had already fought Ramon once before, uh, and then the fight in Gilroy was my second time fighting him. The, and then, like you said, I had fought Joey as well, who's, I believe, like his main training partner over there in Castro. Uh, that that gym is a phenomenal gym. I've seen them uh, around at, like, a bunch of different events, whether I be, I'm, like, in the back or, like, I, I'm uh, doing the camo thing and inspecting some of their fighters. Um, but the that whole gym is, like, super talented, um, and I, I – fighting Ramon once already definitely took away the, the jitteriness you get from like, you know, doing a lot of prep work and trying to find information on him. Like I already had all the information I needed. I already knew what kind of fight it was going to be. Um, so it just, it made it easier to go in there and just try to, you know, again, put on, put on the sh type of show I like to sh uh, put on. Um, unfortunately, like you said, it didn't go my way, but it is what it is. Like Ramon, there's a reason Ramon is basically undefeated uh, short of one fight that he, like you could have argued he won um he's a state champion for a reason so like there's no there's no animosity towards the loss like that you learn nothing or you you don't lose anything but by uh going in there and fighting somebody as high caliber as ramon there's never a lesson that you take away from a loss like that. Like how yeah. you're saying, I love that you look at it the same the same type of way. Because oftentimes I look at a fight like that as well. You know, even though you, you're fighting somebody and may, maybe things didn't go the top, like the things you the things that you wanted to execute, maybe they didn't go your way. But hey, look at it like this: you went against somebody that's one of the top guys in all of amateur California and one of the top amateur organizations and. Just all around sanctioning bodies and all of 
the United States. I feel like California has definitely got one of the better fighting, uh, you know, CSAC and CAMO. They're definitely doing their right job over there. So it's not like we're just having a bunch of random dudes fight, you know? So that's why I always tell yeah. guys whenever they go out there, man, like, hey, you're fighting against some of the top guys, if not the top guys in amateurs, like, you know? So this is definitely a very high level of competition and you have definitely shown out in this high level of competition to talk a little bit about your last fight. Cause I feel like that was, it just, if there was a perfect embodiment of like how I would want to paint people to you as a fighter, that fight was perfect, man. Down to the way you were able to lock in that triangle choke. It was just all so cinematic. It was take us through that fight. Take us through fighting for your eye favors, a one combat. I know that was an organization you were very much looking forward to getting in there for. How was the whole experience, man? It was pretty surreal, uh, you know, leading up to the whole situation. Uriah Faber uh, was one of the first fighters that, like, I was a big fan of. Like, I saw MMA, and I, I loved the sport as soon as I started watching it. But Uriah Faber, in terms of, like, being a fan of a fighter, he was, like, the first fighter I was a, a big fan of. Uh, he's the reason I did, like, I, I braid my hair the way I do when I go out there and fight. Uh, so he was a big inspiration for me going in there. So the whole thing was pretty surreal, uh, being in the back, watching him walk around with his kids and his wife, uh, but still trying to, like, stay focused and, and, and you know, think about, like, my game plan and, and being ready, preparing my body and stuff like that. Um, there were a few hiccups in terms of like the production, like kind of time was running, dwindling down. We weren't sure if we were going to get out there in time, but luckily, uh, you know, a one top notch uh, uh, promotion. They got everything sort of smoothed out, got us out there on time. Uh, the production value value was second to none. It was so awesome to get all the, the pictures and videos back of like me being able to walk out with my flag, getting like all the, the, the sort of freeze frames of, taking in the moment before I walked down to the cage, everything was, was pretty awesome. Uh, getting in there and like just having the whole stadium just sort of fixated on you and, and the way they did it was super cool. Um, and then the, the fight itself was super awesome. Like being able to go in there and like I said uh, before, just throw, throw down the entire time. Uh, Nick didn't stop coming forward. Didn't, he wasn't retreating at all. He didn't like take sloppy shots. It was, it was a bunch of scrambling, a bunch of, you know, like connecting on strikes. It was, it was a fun fight from beginning to end. So like, I couldn't have asked for a, a better experience. It was definitely one of those experiences that I was, I was watching it on my phone and I was like, man, there's no way he doesn't go pro after this. Like, it was just one of those fights where it's like, how do you end off a career better than that, man? You know, you go over to a promotion that you had been vying for, for quite a long time, been looking to put on a performance over there and it was close to you over there in Gilroy. It was in Sacramento. Was that pretty cool to have it be uh I mean, it's not right there in Gilroy, you know, a Sacramento is a little bit of a drive, but still not too far. Not having to drive uh, across the, across the state or having to do too much. Was that pretty nice for you and your fans? Well, it, it's super cool. Like when you think about it, like we were sort of talking about it at the last show that me and you were at uh, like, when you really think about it, we're in like the epicenter of so much MMA talent. You have your Riot Faber's gym and their promotion up there. Uh, you know, uh, the scrap pack are right around the corner. There's all this talent over in Santa Cruz with, with Compton and, and like all the people he trains with smash gym up in San Jose. You have AKA up in San Jose Kings MMA, like all of these different gyms. There's a bunch down in LA and then like Nevada is like right down the road essentially. So the ability to be, 
within arm's reach of all this great talent and these great promotions is a godsend in itself. And then, like you were saying, like being able to go for a promotion that I've absolutely wanted to be a part of since day one is, is super special to me. Yeah, I seen you and when as soon as you got that matchup, and I could really tell you had meant a lot of the things you were saying before. You know, your eye was somebody that you grew up watching and somebody that you emulated your career after. So it's pretty cool and you got to go perform and get to do pretty big things. Uh and you got a title win out of that. So uh where's that where's that title at, my my man? What oh it's it's on the, oh, it's you mean right- on the bottom. You mean right here? Is right here. Yeah, that bad boy. I was wondering. I was like, it's a, it's gotta be, it's gotta be popping out and uh, pretty, pretty active because I remember when I, uh, when I was watching it live, I was like, man, that belt looks a little bit different because they had the whole, uh, they had changed up a little bit of things because obviously one is distinguish, distinguish the amateur and the pro belt. But I was like, man, that's gonna pop out and whoever wins its case, you know, if it's not you that wins it in the future, whoever else wins it, it's definitely gonna be one of those belts that they can look at and be like, wow, I know exactly where I won that from, you know? So was that pretty, uh, how you felt about the promotion when you got the belt? I was like, oh, wow, like I'm gonna remember this. Well, it, it was really awesome hearing back and hearing uh, Jim say that one of the first people that he thought of when they he was told he was able to to give out a belt for the the card was that he was looking for me was super special. That was that was really really touching. Um, the ability to like like things kind of like don't get lost to me at the moment. I've been able to sort of take a step back and take everything in. the the uh, The ability to be the first ever person to hold both the amateur belt for a one and then a pro belt for a one is not lost on me. Like there, there's a precedent or an opportunity set in front of me that like, it, it, it just gives me another thing to push me and get me motivated. It's just like the next goal that I'm able to set for myself. So now I can be the first person with both an a one amateur belt and an a one pro belt. That would definitely be a pretty cool sight to see, to see you not only donning that uh, amateur belt and having that in your uh, back pocket, but also getting one of those A1 belts. Because, man, I just seen a couple of those bad boys last night, and they were definitely pretty, pretty nice. Definitely would not mind having that up on my mantle if I were a fighter myself. And I'm pretty sure you want to make sure that you keep on having to be looking on Wayfair and all these furniture sites for all these different trophy <laughs> cases, man, you know? So I'm pretty sure that you're going to be very much in a vibe for that featherweight strap. Is that the weight class that you're looking to go to for the professional route? I know that was a weight class that you were doing um, already in the amateurs, but are you perhaps on looking at going down to 135? Well, I the the fight that I have booked the the fight for this title was for 135. The fight that I have booked right now is going to be at 135 as well. Um, something crazy to think about though. I'm fighting at 135, and the first fight that I had booked coming back uh, from my big weight cut uh, when I was uh, you know getting back into fighting out of COVID uh, was against Shalor Lad at uh, 205. So, like to 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 be able to take a step back and think about how much I've grown from like the kid who didn't think I was going to be able to make it down to 155 to now being fighting as a pro for 135 is pretty crazy. The mental discipline aspect is definitely something that you probably never expected. If, if I'm a, if I'm if I'm correct in that, because I feel like that takes a lot of mental discipline to be able to cut down. Because I mean, you were obviously going into that fight and Shayla Lad, you know, oh okay, I'm 200, maybe I can lose, you know, loser 
lose or gain a couple of pounds and I'm going to still be all right to be in this fight. But you went and then you went even harder in the gym, went even harder with your training and were able to get down to that 155. Like that's, that's pretty damn impressive, man. I don't think a lot of guys can uh, say that about their MMA career. Was that something that also kind of drove you a lot was, you know, you were losing weight and you were doing all these great things for your health. Was that something that also motivated you to just kick the MMA career up, up a thousand notches? Cause I'm, as I was saying, man, I don't think there's, a lot of amateur guys, I could probably look down, uh, up, up and down uh, every single state, you know, but I don't feel like there's a lot of guys taking eight any fights in one year and doing pretty successful for themselves. Well, I mean, you find motivations and everything. There's not like, it's not one thing that's just going to get you motivated, but for sure, like, you know, seeing how my body is just like changing and changing and changing, getting better and better and better, more energy, all that sort of stuff, more mental clarity, feeling good about yourself, just like even like your emotions get better and like how to deal with like basic stress of life just becomes, you know, a much easier task when you're not also sitting there thinking about like, how am I going to breathe in 20 minutes? So like you find motivations and everything, but for sure, like losing all that weight, like so quickly was, was definitely something that kept me motivated to do all this. Do you feel your mindset? Cause I feel like somebody that has gone through stuff like that, somebody like how you said, your, your mom had, uh, had obviously had some battles with cancer and I'm very sorry for having to, you know, for you having to go through that, but you definitely, you know, you've had the unpaved path as a lot of people say, you know, a path that maybe some people didn't want to go along, but you're going through it. You're now in the pro ways. Is that something that you feel helps you with uh, your job as a camo inspector now? Because that's something that's pretty cool as well to add on to your resume is uh, you're helping out a lot of these guys on their road to the pros. You know, you were on your road and now you're helping a lot of these guys get ready to eventually make their debut at the professional level. Yeah. I mean, going into doing the inspector thing was sort of like a whim. I, I wanted to be able to dip my toes into all the sort of aspects of MMA. You know, you never know, like maybe one day I want to start my own promotion. I, it's good to have some experience in that sort of realm, but like, you know, since I've gotten into it, it's been something super cool. Uh, it, it, it's so much fun being able to be like in the background and like seeing all the, the cool people that get every sort of thing set up so that I can eventually do what I want to do. Um, and now it's moved into like, you know, benefiting everyone from the team. Cause I, I remember looking back like the first three or four fights I had a lot of the stress comes from like, not knowing, you know, what it's going to be like when you show up for weigh-ins or like, like how, like when you're supposed to wrap your hands or when you should get started warming up or, or am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? And it's like, if you have somebody who can tell you, yeah, you're doing everything right. That's what you should be doing. Oh, just, you're going to have to worry about bringing your cup and make sure you put this in a bag, make sure your, your mouthpiece is molded. They're going to be looking for this, that, and the other thing, make sure you bring toenail clippers, that sort of stuff. If you just don't have to think about the little things and stress about all that sort of stuff, it just makes the entire situation just so much easier. So if I can help out anybody else from the gym, it's just another reason why I can, you know, step in there and do all this other stuff. Yeah, it is always a different experience. Every single amateur MMA event, like how they're running things and how things are, uh, you know, what time do they get their hand wrapped? And for some organizations, it goes down to the fact that, hey, we may not even have enough gloves, you know, like we don't, you don't know what time you're supposed to wrap your hands due to that. Or there's just a plethora of things that could go into a into going into a fight day that I feel a lot of fight fans maybe just don't even consider because if you're not fighting you're not thinking about it you're not thinking about all this stuff you're not thinking about oh uh, 
I need my hands wrapped by this time. I need to warm up by this time. I need to do this by this time. So that is definitely a, a very interesting way to look at it and something that, you know, very selfless because like how you said, you were you were once in their shoes. You were once kind of struggling and doing anything. Do you have any kind of funny stories from back in the day when you first started and you're like, man, I wish there was a dude like me helping at the camo things that uh helped to... Uh, helped you out to make your career a little easier? Or do you feel like you kind of picked up on things pretty quick? Uh, I mean, I picked up on things pretty quick being that I did wrestling in high school. You see a lot of like similar situations where like people are kind of just trying to get things going and, and get it rock and roll. And like, yeah, there's like, there's a plan. They want things done a specific way, but when it comes down to it, they're just trying to get the show on the road. They're just trying to, you know, get the next fighter up there, make sure everyone's safe and no one's, no one's doing anything crazy. So being able to pick up on like how, Oh, they're, they're just trying to get the the ball rolling essentially. And as anything you can do to facilitate that, you know, getting your paperwork ready, making sure that you're, you're, you're overly prepared as opposed to like getting, you know, prepared pat, like, like in a rush, it's, it's so much better to sit there and be prepared than it is to like, you know, try to rush anything. So that was pretty easy for me. And it's like, but most people don't have that sort of background knowledge. They like, they're, they're not going to be, you know, going through so many experiences of different competitions and different sports um, that they're just going to be able to pick up on that sort of thing. So it, it's, it's smart to have somebody in the back there to, to just give you some guidance. Um, I, I mean, the last show in Napa, when I was doing camo, very first fight comes up to me. He was like, I don't know how to wrap my hands. I'm like, well, you're on in five minutes. You like, you got to figure out something, man. He had no idea how to ever, like he had never wrapped his hands previously to that, or he just had no idea how to wrap them. Oh, well, he didn't know his, his corner didn't know it was his first fight. Like they didn't know how to do the Vaseline. They didn't know, wow. uh, they, they didn't have really a grasp on everything, anything short of, you know, what the paperwork tells them. Make sure the fighter has a cup, make sure the fighter has a mouthpiece, make sure the fighter has his glove and his shorts. That is absolutely insane to me because for somebody like me, and maybe just because I'm involved in the MMA world, I'm not hopping into that cage until I feel like I understand every single aspect of what I'm doing up until I step into that thing and they lock it because there's just so much that can happen, man. You can go in there, you could just get freaking guillotined and just pass out and just have no idea what the hell happened. You could get knocked the hell out. There's just so many different things that can happen once those cage doors lock. And that's why you got to have respect for these guys that hop in the cage, man, because they definitely are, uh, it's, it's a mindset thing. It's not so much about the actual physical thing. You know, a guy could go in there and have snooze fest, but it's the possibility of the fact that he could get knocked the hell out in any chance within a 15 minute span or a 12 minute span that I always say, you got to give these guys their dues and then some, and you know, I, I really respect your time today, Andrew. And it's been an awesome, absolute awesome time getting to speak to you, but you know, obviously before we uh, stop talking, you got some pretty big news, man. You got a big fight coming up on November 18th. Did you want to let the people know about that and uh, let people know where they can get tickets and all that good stuff? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching. I won't be able to attend on November 18th. Sadly, it's going to be a day before the big 21st, but I will be watching Andrew. So anything that you have to tell all the fans and everybody that will hopefully be uh, attending that night. 
Well, like you said before, there's uh, not a lot of fights that have been officially booked for it yet. Uh, it seems like me and my opponent are probably like the only two that have been officially set and matched up for the fight. Uh, but the the fight's going to be uh, November 18th. It's going to be at the Hard Rock Casino in Sacramento again. Uh, it's going to be for A1 Combat. Uh, they're, they're going to start selling tickets soon. They haven't officially started yet. Uh, the two places you can find them is either on, uh, a one combats, uh, website themselves, uh, or almost all of their events, uh, are sold on Eventbrite as well. Uh, are you going to be the first guy from at dogs to, uh, kind of make their splash in the pro scene over there for, uh, a one combat, or has there been other teammates of yours that have gone out there and gone in the professional realm? Well, uh, Anthony Figueroa is getting set up for the, uh, I think he's had two fights with A1 already. Uh, he's getting, I, I think, one more fight uh, that he had locked up uh, for this last card that just happened this last weekend. Unfortunately, his opponent pulled out. Um, so he has maybe one more fight to get in before he's probably going to be fighting for the, the 155 championship over there. Um, if not, they, they may bless him with a title fight now that, uh, you know, he did his thing and made weight and was ready for this card. And they just, you know, his opponent just happened to pull out for whatever reason. So they may bless him with something special coming up, but, uh, right now he is the, the top dog, uh, coming out of ant dogs, uh, Anthony Figueroa jr. The, our uh, coach, Anthony Figueroa's uh, senior son, uh, he's been out there doing major work in A1. So I think if you wanted to, to watch a, a, a dog from the dog pound, that would be the first one I would go watch. And shout out to Anthony Figueroa. Shout, shout out to Ant Dogs MMA over there in Gilroy, California. Always doing their thing over there, man. Andrew. Anything that you had to say, any last shout outs or any other, uh, you know, obviously I know you always have some sponsors in the works, always talking to people. Uh, was there anybody that you had to thank today for just talking, you know, just uh, for your upcoming fight for in general for the MMA careers, all the blessings that you've been receiving, man? Well, you know, thank you for everybody. There was a there was a huge pour out of, uh, of appreciation for the the post that I had. Uh, I posted about the fight coming up in November. Um, shout out to, to Alan, who's also going to be on the card. One of the, you know, one of my childhood friends, we actually grew across, grew up across the street from each other. We still live across the street from each other. Uh, oh, wow. He, he's going to be making his pro debut on the card as well. Uh, it'll be, you know, a, a full dog pound going in there uh, uh, November 18th. Uh, shout out to the gym, you know, the, the sponsors that always have my back, uh, you know, sponsoring me since the beginning center, uh, poor me tap room. Uh, I, I Chad's roofing has been out there with me. Tech med, uh, getting ready to make me a brand new mouthpiece for my new fight coming up. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm always forgetting one or two of them. Story of the fight is always helping me out. Uh, I was actually just doing their podcast this morning as well. Um, they're, they're always, you know, pouring in support. I, I believe they're going to make me a merch set coming up to, uh, soon. So I'll have some nice. shirts ready to sell and stuff like that. Uh, shout out to them. And then all the people that have been coming out and supporting me, buying tickets for my events. Uh, you know, I, I love each and every one of you. So thank you for coming out. That is that is absolutely awesome, man. A merch set. Are we possibly going to see some Portugal themes in there? Uh, some coloring? Every time. Every single time. It's uh, If I'm not mistaken, it's the silhouette from my last fight uh, when I was carrying the flag. So that that, that it, it's going to be really special to have something like that, to, to be able to carry my flag around all the time. You know, it's a special thing to me to be, uh, you know, representing Portugal. Uh, it's a pride that I hold dear to my heart. So it, it's it's good to have it out there. That entrance, man, it's bona fide. It is, it's almost like it, you're taking that Stone Cold song and you're revitalizing it, man. Is that going to be the song that you come out with on November 18th? 
every single time, man, till the day I die, till the, till the wheels fall off. I can't tell you how many people just at the last event when I was working camo were in the back and they're like, oh, you're the Stone Cold guy. Love it. I, I love hearing that sort of stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it was the first time I, I was telling you, the first time I ever went to go watch you fight, I was like, and this guy, you know, he's got the look to you. I even remember meeting you in the back. You were really calm, really collected. I think you're like playing Pokemon or something like that. You were just yeah. super I had chill. My, I had my air mattress out. I was like the main event of the night. I was like, I'm going to be here till eight o'clock at night. I don't need to, ch- I don't need to worry about nothing. I was playing Pokemon. I had my snack cooler. I had, I, I was chilling. Yeah, I was mad chilling. <laughs> And yeah, man, you came out to that Stone Cold music and the whole entire like gym just erupted, man. That was absolutely insane. Was that pretty cool though? Because as you, uh, did you attend Gilroy High? Yeah, that was, uh, that was the gym I ended my senior career at uh, for wrestling. I, I went there all four years, man. That place holds a special place in my heart. It was, it was awesome to be in there. I was just thinking about that as we were talking about the interview, man. That was the the old stomping grounds for Andrew Toasty Tosty, man. And you were able to go go over in there and get a hell of a reaction. And I feel like that's something that only people in the movies think about. You know, like how we were talking about earlier. It's like you're, you're looking at back in the old high school and you're like, man, wouldn't it be cool to have a fight here? And you ended up having a fight there, man. So that is, uh, that's a hell of an honor, man. So keep on doing your thing, Andrew. We're always loving to hear it all the updates from me and i will make sure fans if you guys want to follow andrew on his mma journey his instagram will be there his instagram will be all throughout this video so make sure you guys follow my man make sure you guys are buying tickets from him because i'm telling you guys on november 18th that your eye favors a1 combat is definitely going to be a very special show over there at the hard rock in sacramento andrew toasty tosty thank you so much for your time today brother it was an absolute honor to get to speak with you before your first professional fight And yes, I will be looking to speak to you after as well, my man. Thank you so much for your time today, brother. Thank you for having me, man. It's it's a pleasure to speak to anybody who's willing to speak to me. So thank you. Hey, it is my pleasure, as we say, man. Michael Hernandez here of MLH Media. And for the 10-second mark, we are going to be signing out with one of California's hottest MMA prospects, Andrew Toasty Tosty. All righty, brother. (laughs) 